Hello and Woo! welcome Sub Pop Podcast <laughs> Season 2 Episode 7. From the burlap bunker bubble, bubble, the burlap bubble that is our murder <laughs> closet in Seattle, Washington, this very blue county in the nation. <laughs> <coughs> Alyssa has a cold, as you may have just heard. This is Arwen Nix. I am Arwen Nix. <laughs> I will soon have a cold. Thanks, Alyssa. She got that cold on the plane. On the way to Chicago. Yeah, just, just like that. From, just yeah. now I'm sick. Yeah. Here I am on a plane and now I'm sick. We took a trip. We went to Third Coast, which was incredible. It was. And uh, the next morning, I get a text from Melissa when she wakes up and she was like, I'm 100% sick. <laughs> <laughs> and we had like three days of conference in front of us. Yeah. Which you really were a trooper through. I was. Even when someone said, whoa, somebody partied too hard last night. <laughs> Which is always a great thing to say to a stranger. <laughs> Who says that? Last, last week, last week we mentioned that this episode would feature Kathleen Hanna, but it doesn't. That's a nut. That we meant in a future episode. Yes. We um, <laughs> we had to move some things around. We did. And we're flexible like that. We are. And so this this episode is an interview with Sean and Matt from the band Piss Jeans. Which I could not be happier about. Oh my god. Yeah, Alyssa's about to explode <laughs> with excitement over here because she is such a Piss Jeans super fan. So I'm gonna tell you some I'm gonna get Biznicks real quick and tell you that Sub Pop has Biznicks. been working with Piss Jeans since two thousand six. Yeah, decade-ish. A decade-ish work. of work. They are beloved here. They um, have an album coming out, their fifth album. They do in February. It's called Why Love Now. No question mark. No question mark. No punctuation. Right. Why, Why Love now. now. That's another thing I love about these guys. <laughs> that the title of your album is going to require some like contemplation. So I'm just going to hand this part over to Alyssa because she's going to... Because I've already taken yeah. it. So here you go. Here's <laughs> the a Tom's already in my hand. She's just going to tell you about Piss Jeans for All a right. Minute. So let's see. Like when we introduce our bands, usually we'll talk a little bit about what they sound like. It might not be that surprising that Piss Jeans has been described as like guttural, fucking in your face, punk rock music, viscerally loud. What? I don't know. Alyssa was the first to curse. Gnarly. <laughs> Do you say gnarly? People describe them as gnarly. They're really in your face. But what I fucking love about them is that they are funny. They have like this as committed as they are to like screaming into that microphone and putting this wall of noise in your fucking face. They're also like screaming and yelling about receding hairlines and ice cream and paperwork. And they're doing it so convincingly that you're like, why aren't more people doing this? This is exactly what my thoughts sound like. At the same time, sort of making fun of your narcissistic, petty bullshit complaints, too. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do this, but also, how much does this matter? 
Um, yeah, but you love a surprise. Oh, yeah, that's why, right? Like, that yeah. is the thing. It's like, you think they're going to just be one version of something that you've kind of pigeonholed. Sure. And then it's like, no, they're not that at all. If you ask more questions and stick around, you're actually going to find out that they are way more complex than some people tend to write off punk music and yeah. have a point and also have no point sometimes when it serves <laughs> the fucking punchline. Sure. Anyway, I mean, those are my, like, strongly held beliefs of why I think they're amazing. Yeah, but Alyssa is not alone in her, um, no. her praise of piss jeans. Like, they are, as I said, they're beloved around the office. And Sub Pop has been working with them for 10 years. And every single person I talk to, once um, we knew they were coming into town for <laughs> yeah. a band meeting, was like, oh, you're going to talk. And specifically... Matt Corvette, like specifically when I was going to be talking to Matt Corvette and that came up in conversation, people were like, oh, wow. Or like, <laughs> oh, man, I hope you two get along. And like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Right. Because I was really confused because everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's the best. Hope you two get along. Which just made me feel like, <laughs> does that mean I'm the worst? Why would I not like this person? That's the best. Or just no pressure. And oh, yeah, a huge amount of pressure. So I, I don't know. That was part of like my confusion and mystery going into this and pressure and just wanting to do a good job because like the record is really awesome. Their lyric sheet is insane. I was reading through all <laughs> these interviews with Matt. I was reading his record reviews. He's a pro prolific writer and they worked with Lydia Lunch and Arthur Risk on this record, which <laughs> we'll have more information about both of them. But like, they're their own powerhouse. Just yeah, like I mean, both of those people have been described as like legends yeah. before um, in like no wave and metal. So you have all of this happening and we're stepping into this interview right before we're supposed to leave to Chicago. The other thing that happened is that the election was Tuesday night and this interview happened Thursday morning. So yeah. we had had like a day to kind of process that and I was still processing it. And that's kind of and they were too they were too and then you're just in this room like sort of freeform conversation yeah and rather than like try and compartmentalize and be like oh let's just put this away and let's just focus on this because there's so much to focus on we kind of just let the conversation be what it what it was when it needed to be yeah so you'll hear me off mic at the beginning because we're just kind of settling in and yeah getting into it <laughs> Since it is two days after this election, how are you guys feeling? Like, how's your heart? Uh, it's oh. like stunned. I feel yeah. like there's just like a vast group of people that are all humiliated together at the same time. You know, like it's strange and it's super heartbreaking. Definitely like kicking myself for not of trying to have done more to prevent this. Yeah, I feel like I've actually had that same feeling. Guilt, like guilt somehow like weird guilt like oh god we really fumbled hard i'm like not even sure that up is up and down is down it feels like really strange to have like your reality kind of warped but I, in a I, disappointing I, way for me i feel like it's almost like this is obviously the reality it just sucks to be like really so so clearly shown who we exist among you know and just how far people have to go still that part is super, super sad. I don't know. Yeah, it's just feeling confused and shameful. Super sad. Yeah. yeah, I'm ashamed. Yeah, 
It's where it's like we're racist. We are racist. Yeah, that's the thing that has to just be. Yeah, like nobody like this is like at a certain at a certain point you just become okay. I guess people, certain people, become okay with like just being comfortable being racist to the point where you know a woman is going to choose to give up her rights as a woman over being a racist. At what point are you just racist? I guess I, I can kind of envision what happens next, and it's like totally horrifying. Because I, I kind of see Donald Trump as this empty vessel who's just kind of into himself. Him, just if he was on the desert island, he would be harmless. But he has this crew of like the most evil men ready to fill him, you know, ready to guide his hand through like all sorts of horrible things. If it's like, the environment and, you know, gay people and people of color. It's just, it's shocking. Like, I think it's gonna be really bad. I mean, there's things I can do. I just need to start doing them. It's tough to be, it almost seems, the self, like sometimes the selfishness of doing what it is we're doing right now seems more apparent than ever when they're I mean, why, like, not that it's a waste of time but could I be doing something better with my time right now? It's like, is this really what's important right now? It's a shitty way to think but maybe it's I, I don't know, is it like on a personal level it's like is this important? Of course I want it to be important music I'm talking about but you know do I have, I'm like, I'm kind of questioning, like, do I have the right to be doing this right now? Is this important that I do this? I think personally, just on like a, getting my head in a, in a, in a correct place, yeah, I, it's like therapeutic, but uh, I can't, I can't, I'm still like, I feel like I'm asking the question, like, what should I be doing? I Like, what should I be doing right now? What, like, I think a lot of, maybe a lot of people are feeling that, like, sort of at a loss for even what to do. As you can tell by the last three sentences I spit out of my mouth, I have no idea. I have no clue how to, like... It's not like he's just going to be tripping over phone cords in the office, you know, with a laugh track behind him. There's going to be, like, evil shit going down. You know, the vice... Like, the vice president, like, you know wants to have funerals for miscarriages and like electroshock and it's crazy you know it's like a hundred years antiquated and that's that's the stuff that's really scary I think more so than even Donald Trump a lot of people have been making the comment post the election that like oh we're gonna get some great fucking punk music out of this now, which, I hate that comment. Yeah, it's an incredibly privileged comment. I don't think it takes into account how horrifying the future could be at this point. It does make me wonder what role art and music 
has for you, I don't want you to have to speak for anyone else, but for you two personally in a world like this. It's more cathartic than if we were all like living on wonderful government subsidies where we're just happily working 12 hours a week or whatever, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it has to have more of a place in the real world, so to speak. It's very urgent right now, the shit that's going on. You know, you can't just kind of go up into like a, a castle on the hill and just kind of ignore it. You, you can't just retreat and other people will be taken care of, okay? It's like you kind of have to put your foot down somehow or make some sort of stand. Even if it's just, you know, clearly stating your ideology, maybe. I, I feel like it would be really a bad time to, to put out a record and on the cover is a photo of like a woman in like sexual bondage and, and offer no commentary. Be like, hmm, provocative, isn't it? You know, like, because what? No, you know, like, this is stupid. This is like, this is currently happening in other levels. You know, like, you can't just kind of put together some basic, you know, quote unquote shocking thing and just like you could if maybe if, you know, women were making the same amount of money and like were presidents and were, you know, not in fear for their lives, then you could totally put out that like woman in bondage picture and be like, here you go, chew on this for a while, you know? So like, I feel like there's more of a, we, we need to be responsible for what we're doing and think about it more because there's a lot on the line, it seems. Hmm. That's kind of how I take it. Wow. I'm much, my view is much more selfish. Like I do it because I like, it's like comforting to me that I have a, basically where there's nothing, you just create something. Really that, I mean, that's like the, is like almost as deep as a level as it goes for me, just where there was nothing that we made something. <clears throat> and I think, I think it's important to be, like you said, responsible about it. I, I think the difference between me and Sean is that he's a musician, like a talented musician. And I just like, you know, having ideas, you know? Yeah, uh, he's, yo, you're way more like, you're way more, I think I've said this to you before, you're way more like, but yeah, but I'm not like, <clears throat> creative I, visually. And I would like, like to have like a team of people with actual talent to carry out my ideas, you know, for anything and not have to worry about actually developing any skills myself. That would be like mm. optimal. But like, I mean, I, I, can, I can appreciate like, uh, like a triple gatefold metal album that's about like Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like that, that has a place, you know, like if you want to write like an 18 minute, you know, metal overture about like the Hobbit, like I'm glad, but I just couldn't do that myself. You know, I would feel like, in, in, I would get nothing out of that. I wouldn't be like, world, gather around. There's a story of, of an orc that lives on in like in the in the center of the earth. You know, like to me, I don't know. That's not something you could see yourself doing. No, I mean oh, I, I probably know, tried, man. but you know why? Because I don't. I have no. I would have no passion for it, and then it yeah. would come out as like hollow. You That's know? an important part is being passionate about something. So I appreciate that people can do that, but I could never do that. You know, the things that inspire me are like what I'm being affected by. Hmm. I think that's why we make part of a good team is that you're a very strong visionary and I'm a drummer. Yeah. That's, every visionary needs a good drummer. Every visionary needs a good drummer. You're right. I hate that. I, I think we all agree that, that man, we're people smacking their lips and being like, we're going to get some great art right now. That's pretty shitty, but I also kind of understand the feeling of not wanting 
I'm just being crushed and deflated and not wanting to do anything. I think maybe it's important to like remember that you have to do these things even though you don't want to or feel deflated or uninspired. I think it's not any more important than any other time but you have to remember to like continue to make stuff. Like I, I, I definitely hate the comment, you know, there will be great punk now, but I also don't want to like yell at the people who are making those comments because I don't feel like that's like helpful either. Yeah. Maybe they're just at a different stage of the grieving process than, than I've reached. That's a great you, point. You, you know, like, yeah. but yeah, no, I would never like, I'm not psyched in the least for anything to, you know, I'm not like, oh, finally. You know, and it's, yeah, it's just so, it's it's an annoying comment on a lot of levels, too. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who, like, just on a, I'm, like, strictly on, an, like, aesthetic style of speaking, like, people who are, like, I like punk rock when it doesn't sound like punk rock. Like, this punk band, they're really good now. They only use violins and synthesizers. You know, and it's, like, we get it, like, you know, like, you think punk can only be good if it stops being stupid and starts, like, wearing a button-up shirt and, you know, being respectful. You know, like, there's a lot of that, like, NPR sort of comment, like, ooh, this great new hardcore punk band, Effed Up, is now here with a digital remix of a 12-minute-long prog, you know, it's just like, all right, like, you know, can, can, we, can you just listen to, like, some shitty southern New Jersey pop punk band instead and praise them because that's you know stupid you know like I don't know I, I feel like this it's very like a, a way of being derogatory towards styles of music in, in, in this kind of like you have to you transcend it to be good because I like music that doesn't transcend being punk or simple you know so I feel like that, that also plays into that comment which kind of irks me a little I love doing interviews. Do you? Yeah. Why? I mean, so many I, I people love, hate it. Well, I mean, I, I like being interviewed, but I love interviewing. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. It's really because there's, I, like, there's so many opportunities to like get interesting things, and I feel like so many people don't. You know, like top five craziest shows you've played. Who else are you listening to these days? You know, like all these like generic as fuck questions. I love like kind of. I feel like bands don't get pushed very much. Like, yeah. explain it. How about, like, what's going on? And not in, like, an accusatory way, just more like, have you thought about why you're doing You know, like, tell me about this. Like, do you think, you know, like, you've said you'll never sign to a major label. Why? Rather than, oh, yeah, yeah I know you won't sell out. It's awesome. Uh, you know. I find that to be so true in agreement with what you're saying of almost every musician I interview. I also find musicians to be the hardest people to interview in my career. Mm. Really closed off, Yeah, usually. yeah, afraid to like, and I felt that way. You know, I can, I can understand that. Cause it's, I don't know, I think there's like a power in mystique kind of, you know, like the less I explain, you know? Like if I tell you that like, if I'm just like, listen, like read this, Jeremy spoke in class today. Like, <laughs> what does that mean to you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's, that can be like way more, oh wow, this is fucking deep. You know, rather, you know, rather than like, 
here's exactly where I was coming from when I wrote this. You but know? The, and I think that the answer that I read a lot or that I've gotten a lot when I talk to musicians or other artists about that is like, well, I want it to be open to interpretation. I want people to get their own interpretation yeah, and have their own meaning. But that feels... It's a little bit of a cop-out, right? No, it's a total cop-out. It's not a little bit. It's a complete cop-out. And it's really frustrating because everyone is going to have their own interpretation no matter what you say about it. Yeah, Because everyone is going to interpret things however they want because people only hear what they want to hear anyway. So you might as well say what you meant and what your intention was. Because, yeah, I've, I've already gotten, like, little, like, even from friends who've heard the new record and other times it's like, Oh, is that about this? And I'm like, oh no, but that's awesome. You know, yeah. like that is truly f- happy. You know, like like I do like that, but I do like getting like kind of an explanation out there too. You know, about what I say. I feel like when, when we did, we put together a bio, mm-hmm. and I was interviewed and it was kind of very like, this is about this. You know, because I do want people to know if they're yeah. curious. If they can't tell, I guess. Hey, office lady, I see you there with your Rolodex. You know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to change out this water jug one-handed, but first I'm going to spill a few drops into your lap and dab them up with this powerful organ in my mouth. And by that, I mean my tongue, because I'm a man, and I can tell by my reflection in this duck painting that I look good. You know what a can man you tell me the story of how I'm a man to came to be? Okay, yeah. A couple years ago, uh, I, I, I found out that like a, a, a woman who's an author in an interview was like, they asked her like, what are you inspired by? And she's like, oh, I love this band Piss Jeans. So I was instantly like, you know, psyched and wanted to figure out well, what she wrote. And I, I read her book, Ugly Girls, which I thought was so good and just such like an awesome book. And so I kind of just got in touch and being like, yo, thank you so much for being, you know, mentioning us. I think you are totally amazing. And we kind of just became friends. Those hairy abominations, that hairy one in the corner touching himself with his leather fingers, that's a man. When you think of that, you think of me. I feel like she has kind of a piss jeans aesthetic, or maybe we have like a Lindsay Hunter aesthetic, kind of, in some ways. Like, she, she, if, you, if you've ever read her short stories or stuff, they're very unfiltered and like shocking, but like basic regular life shock. You know, there's no like limbs being cut off. It's more like actual stuff that's happening all the time. And you know how you'll answer a man. Go ahead and cry if you need to, because I love being flattered. Yeah, lift that envelope. Get that corner real good. Let's refill your stapler. Go on. First, I thought she might want to write something for like the liner notes. But then I'm like, who reads liner notes? You know, like I read, I read liner notes. Who like is gonna sit there, you know, and read anything? And I'm like, well, maybe would you have, would you have anything like that you could write that like you could read or something? And then she wrote, "I'm a man." Where she had it, and it was just like I was like stunned by how awesome it was. And I'm like, well, I could definitely can't read this, you know? Can you read this? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I thought she nailed it. Because come five, I'll be in the van outside waiting, rubbing at myself like that ape in his cage, thinking about your nasty, nasty, nasty desk. And so help me, don't you forget the paper clips. Uh, the first time I heard it, I was just like, felt like I was in detention, like waiting for my parents oh, so to scary. come. so scary. You know, it was just like, it felt yeah. horrible. Like, oh, this is such a 
thrilling thing to, to feel so bad hearing this track. Mm. Gave me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. In a good way. I like being able, like, I think discomfort is a difficult reaction to elicit. And I think that I like I'm, I'm proud that it made me uncomfortable. Well, thank you guys for um, letting me not do a normal interview today. Yeah. So, I'm a Man, again, was written by Lindsay Hunter, author of Ugly Girls. Yeah. Which I um, have ordered to read. <laughs> right. Because that seems incredible. I really like the description of it. And I want to... And I kind of want to know more what that means, this idea of a piss jeans aesthetic, like, and getting into that. And I I like the idea of the mundane being shocking. Yeah. And uh, I want to read more about that. Um, I think this record does a really good job of that as well. But you'll find links to that on the website, subhop.fm, in the Stewart's Incredible show notes. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Stewart, and since we didn't have a Mega Mart ad, um, go buy Pre-Order Piss Jeans record, or go buy one of their shirts, or both, and buy Lindsay Hunter's book, since you're in a spending and giving mood. Another thing about Lindsay Hunter is I was reading an interview with her, talking about how she specifically was listening to the Piss Jeans song, False Jesse Part 2, while she was I know where this is going. This is going to Alyssa's video corner. Oh, it's going right to Alyssa's video <laughs> corner. Because I love that video. I love all of their videos. They're very, very funny. They're very, very entertaining. Is that the one where it's like a guy watching infomercials? Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. No, that one is for bathroom laughter. Oh, and my God. Please that video just is let incredible. me this tangent. Please just let me have this because it's a good one. Okay. And I might be one of like two people that care about this, <laughs> just as far as like the rabbit hole of how, where this information goes. But I love these types of things. So in Bathroom Laughter, there is a guy, the, the video for the song, there's a guy watching like an infomercial. Right, he's just sitting in like a recliner. So that guy has a great backstory. His name is, he went by Kenny K. Strauss Strasser the yo-yo master and this is like maybe a decade ago. He's like a yoga champion? That's how he presented himself and he got on local shows. He's like a yo-yo con man? Yes. Yes he is. I almost, as much as I love this, I still haven't been able to watch a full segment of this because he would get himself on morning shows lots of morning shows as i think it was like an like he was like the environmentalist yo-yo guy and he presented himself as though he was this yo-yo expert that would teach kids about the environment through yo-yo tricks which in and of itself is like what but he didn't know how to yo-yo at all so he would just be like this one's called round the world and then like take out a light and like flick like just like this yo-yo be running amok all over their studio and then these poor newscasters would just be like what is going on here and he would stay in character through the whole thing and just be like whoa that one didn't work out okay let's try this one walk the what the i gotta do something on him oh he's amazing but that's not all he also then, I was like, wait, now he looks totally familiar because that video is um, from a while back. He was also, which I don't know the character of it, but the guy from Better Call Saul that had the Hummer and sold prescription drugs. The the bald guy that oh was my God, just that's the him. total liability. Yeah. So all of those things 
connected to this piss jeans video that I already liked in and of itself. I like that hanging out with you is like, um, do you remember that VH1 show pop-up video? Oh my God, I love that show. You are that show. Hey, how about Still to Come on season two of the Sub Pop Podcast? Ooh, Still to Come on season like two of the Sub Pop Podcast. No promises for next week, but Still to Come. Is this? I'm super successful because I set out to spread feminism and I believe that I helped do that. I knew I wasn't going to get like picked up by the audience and like carried around. Like I knew it wasn't going to be like celebrated, you know, even though the reaction that you see online is like pretty different from what happened there. The music you heard on today's episode was Mud, Honey and Piss Jeans. Yep. That was easy. Mm -hmm. Thanks to the bosses. Thanks to the staff. Thanks to the listeners. Yeah, thank you guys the most. Yeah. Sorry and you're welcome. See you next week. Okay, bye. I don't remember that. I just remember Roz and Bulldog. And Eddie. Of course you remember Roz. I, I grew up to be Roz, <laughs> which means you're Fraser. <laughs> Please. I'm the dog. <laughs> the dog, Eddie? <coughs> I don't know. I don't even fucking like that show. What? Not really. Come on. Toss salads oh. and scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good I night, Seattle. <laughs>